This week on Ultra 64, we're playing Shadowgate 64, Trials of the Four Towers. So that's right, Lord of the Rings, we got two more towers on you, so go suck a butt, Tolkien. Welcome to Ultra 64, the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. I think it's always a good sign when we tell someone to suck a butt, like, right at the beginning. It's <laughs> usually like a that's harbinger. your catchphrase. It's a harbinger of life. things to come. That's what they're going to put on your tombstone. <laughs> Steve Guntley, suck a butt. He, he died from sucking a butt too much. Uh, my name is Steve Guntley. Hi. <laughs> Butt sucker Steve Guntley. That's my that's my whole name. I'm like a remore for butts. Yep. Um, yeah, I am medieval explorer Woody Siskowski. <laughs> Welcome to the show that we are completely already way off track on. No way. Uh, that's we... what this game was all about, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Press B to suck butt. <laughs> yeah, ooh, that is, I'm glad that game does not yet exist. Though yeah, it probably does. It probably Do not does. send me a link to it. I don't want to play it. I don't want to play it. Have you uh, played that weird kissing simulator game where you like move your tongues up and down to get out of each other's? With the, there's like like two mouths coming together and you like control the tongues oh god but if they run into each other you lose so you have to control the tongues so isn't that them. a isn't that a thing on warioware probably that sounds but like this is like a full game this is a full game with like that? very in-depth tongue physics i mean a full browser game okay i was yeah. gonna say is this something like that that one stacking game with all the oh yeah mount your friends mount your friends with all the waggly game. yeah with all the waggly junk physics yeah <laughs> i love that game. yeah well we're not talking about that game yeah, well, today. i wish we were i know yeah. we're we're talking about shadowgate 64 trials of the four towers one of the one of the longer titles yeah. i think of the nintendo 64 that, that one goes on do you think that your premise is i mean like you know obviously we have jokey intros here at the start but I, i definitely feel like in the selling point they're like uh how can we sell this and we're like well it's like kind of like lord of the ringsy like two towers but what if there were Ooh, yeah. let's like, double them up let's yeah. double them up i think right. that is i think that's just escalation you know it's like you know they, we know we can't beat this world building so we're just going to escalate on top yeah, of we it. have more of it you like generic fantasy we got more you of it. better like generic fantasy if you like Shadowgate. <laughs> yeah Shadowgate's about as generic as it gets um but you mm. know what it's been a surprisingly durable franchise it's kind of been around for a while weirdly uh uh and uh you know th- this kind of they, debut they came, back came on, right out of the Shadowgate. they did they came <laughs> right out of Shadowgate, shadow punching and exactly. ready to shadow box their way <laughs> to the top uh, so the, the original game came out on uh, the Mac in 1987, and then it had an NES port that most people, if you've heard of this series, you yeah. probably know it from that NES port, which was mildly popular. It's kind of a cult hit, I would say. Yeah, it, it's um, stri- it strikes a unique place in the NES catalog. Yeah. Um, because it sort of has that PC adventure game. Um, yeah. Which, you know, probably a lot of people playing NES at the time were not familiar with. No, no, um, this one was very... I mean, I think this represents the most niche subgenre of games we've talked about yet. Oh, yeah, I don't it's think a, it's more it's niche sub, than fishing. It's a subgenre of only four games, okay. and it's called the MacVenture game. Okay. Have you heard but, of that phrase before? Like, I didn't know what you ca- called this type of game. I, this, is just, this is just an adventure game. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what you call it. This is just a point-and-click adventure game without, but it, you know, the pointing. It doesn't... It, it feels kind of... Like it's in the same ballpark as like the Scum Engine games from yeah. LucasArts, like Maniac yeah, exactly. Mansion, but it's it's got its own kind of flavor. I think like these. Okay. So the Mac Venture series, it's it refers it, it's specifically mixed. to four like games. The, the I would say the era to this sort of thing is Mist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of in that ballpark yeah. too. I and mean, this is before Mist yeah. as well. But uh, I mean, this refers specifically the Mac Venture series refers to four games that came out from the company Icom I C O M. Uh, for the Mac back in the day. It started with Deja Vu, uh, and then there was also Uninvited, Shadowgate, and Deja Vu 2. It started with Deja Vu, mm-hmm. Uninvited, Shadowgate, and then there was Deja Vu 2. Wow, I just realized how perfect that is to have it, like, sandwiched by Deja Vu. <laughs> it started with Deja Vu, then there was Uninvited, mm-hmm. Shadowgate, yeah. And then Deja Vu too. Oh man, I just realized how perfect that is yeah. to like bookend that. No, we can. Do well, this welcome all day. to Ultra Sixty Four, we'll everybody. The comprehensive N Sixty Four podcast. <laughs> we need to be rebooted. Uh, yeah. So, um, 
Shadowgate is interesting for me mostly because I remember it as one of the earliest things I've ever seen on a computer, period. Okay. Like, for new listeners, there there may or for new listeners in terms a of being new on the computer was invented by Alan Turing. <laughs> I mean, new listeners in terms of being new on this earth. Oh, yeah. um, if, for people who are alive for babies in the 80s, listening to this podcast, there was a time when you had to be introduced to the concept of computers. They weren't just everywhere. We didn't have yeah. a computer, so the first time I ever actually saw one was at a friend's house. My dad set up like a play date for us to go over to the friend's house, and they were pretty wealthy, and they had a, an Apple II. Okay, and they were they had two games they had Shadowgate and they had uh a game called the manhole do you know that one no it's basically like a interactive slideshow but it's like it starts with the manhole you click on it then a vine grows out and you climb up the vine and there's a kingdom up there bad title yeah yeah kind of a bad title it's why I couldn't remember what it was called for a long time. I'm just like, I just remember there's a manhole. Yeah. What then, was that game? Fuck, what was that game? Oh, oh, what was that movie with the wars, like in, in the stars? In the stars. Uh, oh. Space Battle. That's it. Space That's it. Battlers Space Battle. 98. Oh, Raiders Beyond the Moon. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, so Sun that's the first. Warriors. That's, this is the first, like, PC game I've seen. It was in, it was really in black and white. It was in black and white. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. Yeah, they were all though. in black and white. And it was crazy to me because it's like I didn't know that games could be like this. My exposure to video games at this point it was basically just Mario. Okay. And uh, this was, like, complicated. It was dark and it was weird. And it was like I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. I was, like, six, but, like, I still can't figure yeah, it out for the games... life of me. They have, like, sort of a strange... This whole series and yeah. this type of game in general, I think, sort of draws you in with just a very sort of open-ended weirdness. Like, yeah. um, the game I remember playing uh, was Uninvited for NES. Yeah. My brother had a copy and it had this cra- this creepy skeleton on the front, which totally stood out from the other NES games. Yeah. Because nothing sort of compared to that. And there's this horrendous part in that game that... Um, we right, just did it. We yeah, just right, it. right from the beginning, there's this panic music and you're in a car crash and you're trying to find your sister in this mansion. You try to open a door and this, like, old-timey French... Or this old-timey Southern Belle lady comes out. <laughs> and then if you, like, try to talk to her or examine her, the screen shifts and she turns around and she's, like, this skeleton lady. Yeah. And it's, like... You hear, it, it, these games, I think, were infamous for having like very gory death scenes explained in text. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. And you so can actually like, see gore, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it shows this skeleton lady, and it's like you hear her maniacal screams as she begins ripping you apart, and your your lifeless body slumps to the floor, and That's then it cuts up. to another skeleton. It's like your journey is over, and it's like a bloody face skeleton. <laughs> yeah, too. exactly. So this isn't quite to the level of like Chiller on the NES, <laughs> where you're like shooting torture victims, and there's blood and gore. Coming off them, but like that's pretty gory for the NES. Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah, it's um, it's almost as bad as Hitler's head exploding in uh, Bionic Commando. This game not as good as Bionic Commando. No, a few games few, are. Few games few are. Games um, are. Yeah, it's just I these sort of genre they really just leave it up to you. And I think Shadowgate had the same kind of thing. It's like you're at the gate of this castle, like yeah. you're in Castle Shadowgate. Why we don't know. Like get through it, figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you just kind of click on stuff and die a lot and. Hopefully you just have the patience to get through. Yeah, it's like it's like menu based, and it's kind of like this weird hybrid of like RPG adventure puzzle, visual novel, all these different weird things. Yeah, I was. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no real RPG elements in here because yeah, you, really, you don't not, level you're not leveling up. up or anything like that. It's no just real combat sort of, to speak of. It's kind of like a hidden object game, like pick up lot. Just run around picking up items and yeah. then figure out what to use. What to it's use lots of trial and error, lots yeah. of experimentation. And, and I think that's actually the main difference between um, – so the LucasArts games, they had a design philosophy in those games that you couldn't die. Right. Um, and that was part – so you could sort of just run around and you could safely sort of use – any item you want on anything mm-hmm. and go anywhere and there wasn't a risk of you just randomly dying or losing an item that you needed to complete the game later. And that's something Shadowgate does. You can <laughs> lose items permanently in Shadowgate and not be able to proceed. Yeah, whereas the Sh- Shadowgate, these Mac Venture games, and the King's Quest games, I think, are infamous for just being sort of a lot of trial and error. Right, right. Well, whereas the Scum Engine games are... Their more, thing is more like really obtuse lateral thinking that you need to solve puzzles. Yeah. Like use hamster with fence. Oh, microwave. Yeah, yeah. Or like something like that. There was some – I remember something in one of the Monkey Island games. It was like so bizarre. It was like you ha- like there was no way in hell you would have thought of it. It's like Castlevania 2 knowing you had to hold the red jewel and then crouch in a certain spot for a certain amount of time and then play a flute and a tornado <laughs> will take you. There's no context whatsoever <laughs> for believing that. That's like basically what the LucasArts games are. 
are. Yeah, and to it, a degree, Shadow Games. I mean, as well. I love the LucasArts game, but it is a shame when sort of their puzzles get replaced for like the purposes of the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when they're like, hey, we'll integrate, we'll make this funny puzzle. And it's like, yeah, that's funny, but it's not intuitive. Right. I, I want the humor in the dialogue and the puzzles to work as puzzles. You you have to have uh. your brain set to a very specific sort of 90s nerd of like computer programmer nerds like who grew up on like old school Star Trek and stuff like that. Like you have to tap into that very specific vein to and get Sha- those games. Just to sort of slightly tie it back to Shadowgate here. Yeah. Shadowgate games, these Mac Venture games, I don't. I haven't played Deja Vu. I haven't either. Really, um, I've seen. I've remember seeing that artwork since I was a kid. I yeah, and that's like a noir cool. sort of Dick Tracy type right. of thing, which seems like a good fit. Yeah, but at least for Uninvited and Shadowgate, very little sense of humor. Very straightforward. Um, very straightforward. Yeah, yeah. To so compare, yeah. There's so you don't need to make these logical leaps to make things work. It's like. You know, in this in this game, we find a bone, and it's like, all right, well, we're not going to do something silly with the bone. We're going to use the bone to pry open a trapdoor. Right. You know, it's pretty clear cut. Um, what were the other Shadow Game games? There were a few. So Shadowgate was uh, surprisingly long lived. Like I said, the series was one of only ten that were adapted into novels through the Nintendo World <laughs> of Power series, which I've actually decided that's going to be the next thing I collect. I'm going to get those ten Worlds of Power video games. Are they are they very expensive? No, not particularly. Okay. I think I can track them down. I think I, it's just kind of a matter of finding them sure. intact. Yeah. Um, so they're in uh, uh, ICOM, the company that created Shadowgate. They signed a deal to provide exclusive content to the TurboGrafx-16. So the sequel, which is called Beyond Shadowgate, was exclusive to the TurboGrafx-CD. So no oh, one played it. Yeah. No one will ever hear of it again. Yeah. Uh, that one, it uses side-scrolling sprites. Apparently it's pretty fun. I'll just, I'll never know. The, I will never it's know. It's just in the weird uh, random aside of no one ever playing it. The TurboGrafx CD, I've been, I mess around with emulation of old stuff just yeah. to try to get it work on various systems. And like TurboGrafx CD is one of the most impossible systems to emulate. Um, just, I have never found a way to get it to work right. Cause you essentially have to like mount a disc image in oh, the wow. emulator. And mm. I don't know if anybody knows how to get that to work. Let me know. Cause I really want to play more Cho Anarchy games. Oh, right. Um, yeah. The muscle and, man. Oh, like, I love shooting the Cho Anarchy yeah. games. Yeah. Um, and there's one that's only available on TurboGrafx CD. Oh, wow. So send me, send me those tips. Did that come out in the U S or was it? No, just, none oh, of okay. the Cho Anarchy games came out. I in didn't US, figure. So yeah. So I wasn't sure if any of them later. ever did. Um, yeah, so that one, yeah, you'll, I'll never play it, but, uh, the game has been ported many times. It's on the Game Boy Color and, uh, on the PS4, not too long ago, they released like the Chemco Mystery Collection. So it's Deja Vu, Uninvited, and Shadowgate all on one disc for like five bucks on the PS4. That's, that's exactly the right amount yeah. to pay for these. At this yeah, point. if you want to, cool. if you want to play these original ones, that's the way to go. Is, I feel like we glossed over ever so quickly the, the Worlds of Power Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Since we were talking uh, so, about collecting it, what that is? Yeah, Worlds of Power is a series of like—is it Words of Power? Worlds, Worlds, Worlds of okay. Power. Yeah, uh, it's a series of novels that they, was released through Nintendo Power, kind of to provide a little more backstory and expanding on some of their more popular games. So but it had was... no real involvement from Nintendo. I no, think. no, they no. Just it licensed was... it to this guy. It's all non-canonical. I, I forget what other games there are. Or there's a like, Metal Gear. There's one, Metal Gear. There's a Ninja Gaiden. You want? I mean, Metal Gear has this huge, like, expansive lore. And so you want to throw all that out the window. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love I love the concept of like Hideo Kojima, um, like this guy who's like totally concerned about this in-depth story and stuff, and then you know, the American guys just sort of get the handle on it. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. He's snake. Like, he went in and he punched some dudes. Like, yeah. I mean, I figure he would turn it more into, like, Navy SEALs yeah, rather you're than, probably like, some right. kind of weird, I like, think they even, existential thing. Yeah, they even get rid of his gun, like, on the cover art. Is, isn't the cover art just like a picture of Michael Bean from Terminator and Navy Seals? I don't know. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure. Would not surprised. I'm pretty me. sure that's who they used to model the original okay. Snake for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in the, the original Shadowgate, also available on the Internet Archive. If you've ever played around with the Internet Archive, it's just a whole huge selection of old games, like for the DOS and the Mac, that are totally free on your browser. So play sh- no excuse to not play Shadowgate well, if you ex- want to. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it, the excuse could be that Shadowgate probably isn't that fun. You just you but... may just not want to, but, you know, if you want to, it's available to you in many ways. Uh, in 2012, the independent game developer Zojoy launched a successful Kickstarter to remake the original game. That version came out on Steam in 2014, and it's actually really very good. I played it on Steam, and I have it on iOS which I think is like the perfect way to play games yeah. like this, and I hope that like I, t- I mean because I would like to see all the LucasArts games come to my phone, basically. Like, yeah, I it's think an evolution great. of like um, 
there's tons of like hidden object games yeah, on your phone, yeah. and like Shadowgate would be sort of the original example of Absolutely. that, of just sort of clicking around on stuff, and yeah. it's way faster than trying to move that little hand to to click on examine at the bottom, and then yeah, what, yeah, which was the case of the NES. That was always the thing, and so like that's a that's a stumbling point for a lot of people, I guess, with these games. Yeah, I mean the the general theme of these games is they're very slow, yeah, and you sort of select your item and you wander around a lot, and it's just. The whole thing feels very lifeless, and that's that's all in some ways more of a design choice than a criticism. It's a it's but... a it's a feature, not a bug. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Are you that into like fantasy fiction very much? Have no, you ever really been I, into I'm that not. kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really not. Um, I I you know Lord of the Rings and. I, all I can say is I'm not. Like, I have yeah. nothing against it. Sure. It's just somehow... You've got too many books about old boats to read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just so ingrained in my consciousness as a general nerd that I nothing seems that fun about it, general sci-fi and general fantasy. That's fair. Do you find... I find I get a lot of people to just kind of assume I'm really into it. And I am, but yeah. that doesn't. I mean, <laughs> doesn't, I, I don't, doesn't give doesn't you the mean, right yeah, to assume. Yeah, don't 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 pigeonhole me, you know. But I mean, yeah, yeah. I I, I read a good amount of fantasy fiction, but I also I get impatient. Like yeah. if I'm reading a really really long book, like recently I had an experience where like I read the first two novels in a series. And then by the time the third book came out, I'm starting to read it. I'm realizing, like, shit, I don't remember a That's single thing common. That's that common. happened. Yeah, Ro- Ro- Rosie, uh, yeah. frequent guest, has you know, read those Brian Sanderson yeah. books. And I think I don't know if that's what you're talking that's about. That's what I am. Yeah, the yeah and so books. each time a new one comes out, she's like, well, got to reread the previous ones in the series. I did audiobooks. And yeah, these I are, like, you know, thousand-page-long books. Oh, yeah, but... yeah. These were – it was a good hundred-plus hours of listening to – no, it was, like, 150 hours listening to three audiobooks because I did all three of them. And now it's like I'm caught up, but when the next book comes out, I'm, I'm not going to fucking remember any of this anymore. Like it's getting so dense. I wish they just had like a recap at the beginning, just like what you missed last previous, time. Yeah, yeah, and I mean even that would probably be close to 100 pages at this point. Like, yeah. So I mean, I, I am into fantasy fiction. I think the world of Shadowgate is kind of compiled of a lot of better fiction. But let's let's get into that. A little about bit. Let's talk about this game. An immense backstory. Oh yeah, I've got a little bit of that. <laughs> I, I tried to I tried to narrow it down. It's yeah. a lot. Uh, so Shadowgate 64, Trials of the Four Towers, was released on May 31st, 1999, developed by Infinite Ventures and TNS Company Limited, and published by Chemco, and this was a Nintendo 64 exclusive. Chemco, of course, we saw in our very favorite game, Charlie Blast's Territory. Oh, yeah. Charlie right Blast's at the top of both of our lists. Territory. Charlie's Blast No, it was Charlie Blast's Territory. That's right, and we decided it should have been Charlie's Blast Territory. Yeah. No, but his name was Charlie Blast. Right, that was Charles Blast. So he owned the territory. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, terrible title. Um, Yeah, so we saw them again, and we'll see them again when we get to the Top Gear games, and I think there's a few other random ones for the N64 they did. Uh, So Infinite Ventures and TNS are credited for this game, but that's because the actual company who made it, ICOM, was being dismantled in the middle of production of this one. Uh, So those two companies, Infinite Ventures and TNS, are the companies that, like, bought them. They're like a venture capital thing. And they just kind of put out this game that was mostly right and they hold the licenses to all of icom's properties so icom uh was founded in 1981 in illinois by a guy named todd zipnick who uh he sadly died in 1991 of uh, hodgkin's disease kind of right around when the company was starting to get popular uh the game the company's first game was deja vu uh colon a nightmare comes true (laughs) I, I like to say the colon every time, especially if it's followed by nightmare. Colon, a nightmare. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was kind of like a noir-flavored adventure game like we talked about a little bit. Uh, and that was ported to the NES simply as Deja Vu. They dropped the subtitle. Uh, ICOM was acquired by Viacom in 1993, and they switched over to making mostly platform games based on, like, licensed properties. So uh, a couple of Adam's Family games. And they did a bunch of the Looney Tunes Looney games. Tunes, Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, yeah, they did a few of those. Their last full game was MTV's Slamscape, which is a weird Star Fox clone for the PlayStation that's like... Oh, I thought it was going to be a basketball game. I thought so, too. But then I saw it, I'm like, oh, these are spaceships. And it's kind of used as like a... It's like a promotional vehicle for the hit techno rock band God Lives Underwater, wow. which we all know. This sounds like a very bizarre game. Yeah, it, it looks pretty boring, honestly. Yeah, it's just it a space is, shooter but, with okay. bad techno music. But you can look up God Lives Underwater online if you want to find their music. So, uh, yeah, so ICOM uh, gone, unfortunately. I, I get the sense 
that there was some kind of contentious thing going on here because I looked at the manual for this game and there's an intro page where they're just talking about like Chemco is proud to present this Chemco game yeah. and they never mention Icom at all or any other company. So I, I get the feeling like there's a super credit grab here <laughs> okay yeah and i want to know what the dirty story behind all this is but it's been lost to time and i i can't dig it up so anyway um i'm, I'm just gonna assume it was an acrimonious split uh just because I, I live for the drama yeah you know? yeah so yeah uh yeah we talked a little bit about kind of what sort of game this is with the the pointing and clicking I mean, but this, this is one very is different than i would say the closest game we've played so far to this on the podcast mm-hmm. was the scooby-doo game the, cl- the classic yeah. creep caper. Yeah. Um, because this is a game that's essentially devoid of conflict. Right. Um, and it's Not just... that you can't die suddenly no. for no reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's more about just sort of walking around and, you know, connecting items with puzzles. Yeah. Um, sorry. And we, 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 do you have some story for us? Uh, that... I do. But, I mean, yeah, I'll talk a little. Yeah, let's see. Let's go into the story a little bit. The story of Shadowgate is uh, pretty much, as you'd expect, very complicated and lengthy uh but i i whittled it down and keep it very concise all right so shadowgate takes place in this magical fantasy world called tyragon not tarragon the spice i had to check that <laughs> no it is tyragon tyragon maybe it's like tyra banks's country i don't know that's 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 what they they turn the sign when she leaves the country tyragon yeah, tyra back tyra in tyragon <laughs> tyra back she brought will smith um, all right, so in this world, Shadowgate is uh, a castle on the top of Gatekeeper Mountain in the Cal Zithin province of this land. Uh, and it serves as the headquarters of the Circle of Twelve Wizards, which are a powerful race of magicians who have been tasked with keeping magical order throughout the land. Uh, but hundreds of years ago, the wizard Talamar grew corrupt and power hungry, and he adopted the title of Warlock Lord, which Ooh. I wish I could just start calling myself like Warlock <laughs> Lord. That'd be amazing. Well, you should have introduced yourself at that as the start of the podcast. <laughs> Damn it. Butt sucker. Can we keep doing it? Damn it. Why am I butt sucker <laughs> the wizard now? That's going to be my wizard name forever. I could have been Warlock Lord. Shit. Oh, why do I keep owning myself? Uh, so the Warlock Lord began a campaign to overthrow the overthrow the world of Tyragon in order to keep it under his evil rule. But after an epic battle, the other 11 wizards were able to subdue the Warlock Lord and trap him deep within Shadowgate. This is almost the same story as Lord of the Rings. It's similar. It's like, similar. Yeah, okay. it's kind of similar to like, uh, 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 Sauron, Sauron and being the, trapped being in the trapped within the rings. Yeah. Uh, so the wizard uh, Lakmir is the only one who survived of the 12, and he opted to stay in the castle for eternity to ensure that the Lord stayed in his prison so the first game takes place shortly after talamar escapes from his prison for the first time after like 200 years of captivity and the player took on the role of jair who's uh the chosen one meant to stop the warlock from unleashing a horrible behemoth on the world some giant monster uh jair succeeds in stopping the warlock lord and he is rewarded with his own castle and lands um and that takes us to Shadowgate 64. So that's 100 years after the events of the first game. You play as a character named Del Cottonwood, who really sounds like a small town, like hey, general store owner. We're Del in the Cottonwoods, coming at you live. Ooh, child. I know, it's five stair steps. I don't care. Uh, so Del, Del Cottonwood is a halfling adventurer who is the sole survivor of... Uh, uh, an attack on his caravan. Some bandits attack his caravan. Yeah, this game has like a bunch of scrolling text at the beginning that yeah. kind of describes what you just talked about. And then once you start playing, it does this little cutscene of, you know, his Dell's caravan going along. I didn't, I wondered why they didn't have the scrolling text over that cutscene as opposed to just the static image at the start of the game. It would have made sense, but it also would have been about the same because, like, uh, uh, Dell doesn't really, I mean, he's moving, he's kind of bobbing up and down in the back of this cart, but it's not much more exciting than a static image <laughs> that, of a wizard. That's true. And then he sort of, you get attacked by these bandits, and then mm-hmm. you kind of just. You see the cart sort of just wander into a castle. It's a very this game is it very was, quiet. It was a cool. There's a cool moment of like they get attacked and uh, then the screen gets kind of all foggy, like with the the war and the the mm-hmm. flaming arrows and everything. And then when the s- smoke fades, you see Shadowgate Castle mm-hmm. and you're kind of moving towards that. So you the game starts with uh, Dell unconscious, being very 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 slowly carried by a large ogre like man yeah. who walks him to his jail cell and leaves him there. Uh, and that's where you start the game. So you're trying to escape the castle. And, of course, you know, initially your only goal is to escape. But then, of course, he's going to learn about destiny and fantasy and all that. And he's going to try and stop the sure. Warlock Lord. This game, um, I think that the aesthetic of this game actually does 
a good job. Like it creates a mood that I think is what they're going for. Um, yeah, it's it feels very quiet and drab. Yeah. Um, but you know, I imagine that's what it would feel like in this sort of big empty castle. Um, and yeah, it's not. I don't know how to how to how to say it. It's like oh, this is definitely like it's not a fe- it's not a bug. It's a feature type of game, right? This is one uh, you really need to know what you're getting into before you get into it. Yeah. And there are some people like I, I would consider myself one of them. I like games like this, um, kind of slower exploration based adventure games. Like I, I'm into it. Um, I am not to into a degree. It. Yeah, and I, I am can not figure, into it to almost any degree. I, I can because, figure that because like yeah. your thing, you don't really like like exploring and wandering around, especially without a map or any kind of indication I, of where you are. Yeah, I get lost in games so easily, even like very straightforward type of games. I find myself wandering around back and forth. Right. Ninja Gaiden for the Xbox, I have a distinct memory of spending at least two hours wandering around back and forth in an aqueduct looking for a small exit and, and that that's like that's very an linear game, game. Yeah. yeah exactly um and so when sort of the gameplay is built around that mm. i just get very frustrated and i mean so let's talk about the presentation of this yeah, game a yeah. little bit um this game i think looks the way that it's supposed to in the sense that it looks like a castle oh, right um, yeah yeah for but sure. it also i have not seen a browner game Oh, maybe, maybe, yeah. I think the big problem we're seeing here is that a lot of the rooms look too similar. Uh, A lot of them are going to be stone walls, wood doors, tables, books. Yeah, so there's a hallway. We we opened this secret staircase and went up a hallway. There's two doors that look exactly the same in the hallway, and you open them, and they open to two rooms with bookcases that look exactly the same. But they have different items on those bookshelves. So I went into one... And then was like, okay, I explored it. And then I left, went into the other one, and I'm like, oh, I guess I already went into this room. Right. Um, so I left, and you're like, no, wait, it's different. Yeah. And, and so Barely yeah, different, though. Yeah, barely different. And that's a problem. And the items. So, like, yeah, you're like, oh, look, there's something on that shelf that you can pick up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got this essential magic flute that yeah. makes you tiny, which you can't progress without. And you don't but, know that it makes you tiny. We had yeah, to look but I up. had no idea, like, right. it's so easy to miss the items. We sort of walk back and forth looking for a pickaxe uh-huh. because you have to grab this pickaxe that's on the stone, brown stone ground. Mm-hmm. You have to pick up this brown pickaxe, and it's just so easy to miss. Yeah. Um, and so it's, you know, this is a game that really suffers from looking bad and more more of terms of like just as the you know in the progress of time in in the terms of um, like character models and things like that it doesn't look bad like no, but there's, there's very few characters right models. but there, there are some like uh, uh details and things on the walls like i don't think this was a lazily no. constructed or bad game i think it's just it's very hard to go back to i think they were limited by the time by the genre by the budget uh, I feel and... like going back to like the original Shadowgate because I feel like the original Shadowgate looks better than this, right? Because it's like, even though everything is much sort of simpler, it's way brighter and it's much clearer what things you can sort of look at and interact with, right? Whereas this, you're kind of everything just sort of looks flat and brown, and it's not clear what items you can pick up. Yeah, yeah, it's really not. Uh, Yeah, I missed the pickaxe completely the first time around, and I wouldn't have known to look for it. Like, I was testing the walls because we found a section of the wall where it was broken away. Mm -hmm. If you examine it, it says, like, uh, oh, it looks like someone was trying to break through. So I thought, okay, uh, if you tap on the walls, you hear a knocking sound. And that's true anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm going down the corridor tapping, listening for a change in the knocking. Like, maybe this is hollow here. Exactly. Sword, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was trying to do it that way, and it, it wasn't very clear. The yeah. thing that I really like that this game did is it simplifies the controls yes. quite a bit. So yes. now instead of like having all these click, different options of like look at, use, examine, yeah. pick up, you just... there is no cursor here. Uh, you're not looking around like that. You you look with your eyes. You know, you move around Turok style. <laughs> well, you look with um, your eyes and your hands. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. But it's just the A button to examine something, B button to use something, or to, like, open up your menu and use something. Mm-hmm. So very simple. Uh, I think that was a smart choice. And this is the first time the series is in th- full 3D this mm-hmm. time. So if you saw the original game, it's just a series of – it's first-person view, but it's a series of stationary – 
rooms that you poke around and explore and you never see your character you're you always see... looking at you always look at the rooms from the same view every time you go right into exactly and then beyond Shadowgate, your uh side scrolling perspective and this one is a full 3d first person perspective which uh i think it's the right call yeah for this definitely. system because um, it, it would have been very tedious to kind of mouse around with that analog stick trying to find everything so this is a definitely a, the best way to approach this game and the style of game on this system yep it, it's just like i said it's just a shame it makes it the problem with the weakness of that is it can make it very easy to miss items um, yeah because you, you can just be looking at the wrong side of the room mm-hmm. and you can't you're always looking at things in the same room in old shadow gate whereas here if you wander off to one side you're just going to totally miss the other stuff right um and the sort of graphical drabness really like yeah you go from like this prison cell Mm. into these caves caves are my new least favorite thing in games like i don't realize nintendo 64 games particularly yeah i don't realize how many games involve caves and caves always suck what were we we were just playing south park Park, and it was like really hard why does south park have caves in? yeah why does it have caves yeah it doesn't need caves no i don't i can't think of a single moment in south park that took place in a cave no i'm trying to think if there's any any video game where like I'm really excited when I get to the cave section of the game. Yeah, and I, I don't really... think that there is. No, no. There like is. maybe Elder Scrolls or Fallout are kind of fun to explore those sometimes, but that's just because of the things in the cave. It's not yeah. fun to navigate. It's not fun to look around in there. Yeah, yeah. So kind of the breakdown of the game from the beginning when you wake up in your cell, just to kind of give you an idea yeah. of what the gameplay is like. Uh, you have a little slotted window in your cell, so there's somebody in the cell next to you, and you can talk to them. They tell you it's hopeless. You're going to be tortured. Blah blah blah. The jailkeeper drops off some meat for you. You eat the meat and then use the bone uh, to pry up a trap door that you find underneath the bed of straw yeah. that you're supposed to sleep on. That takes you into the sewers, and then you can explore from there. Um, we learned the hard way that you can die. Yeah, so um, yeah, right from the right from the beginning, you're mm-hmm. down in this cave. We're like, oh, let's... Okay, this is this is worth talking about here. Yeah, yeah. So you go down in this cave, and there's some water down there. Okay. Like some shallow water. And so you're like, okay, I'll walk across it. Your character just walks through the water. Walk water, no problem. It's sh- well, it's shallow. Yeah. No problem. And then you go through one of these doors, and you turn, and then there's some more water. And you're like, okay, I'll walk through this water. And you step, and you just fall and die. Immediately Immediately, die. and your and then, character just sinks like a rock. And in that trademark style, it's you like... You get the gruesome descriptions. You're, you're, you're like, your lungs begin to fill as you sit, you know, you sink like a stone. And like... <laughs> it's like, it's so much deeper than you thought humanly possible. I'm like, okay, I'm glad that they still went for that. Like, yeah. I like that grisly thing. I think you made a good point when we were playing this that like those early Icom Mac Venture games, like the thing they had going for them is that they felt mysterious. Mm-hmm. They felt kind of dangerous. Like yeah. you didn't really know what you were getting into. Uninvited was like a real creepy way to go about that. And yeah. then Shadowgate was, felt creepy too. Yeah. Even even without a sense of like imminent danger or anything about yeah, this to is get a, this you this is a pretty creepy feeling game you had gone to the bathroom but at one point yeah. um i you walk into this house room where there's like um a little rocking horse uh, oh yeah when you that. look at there's like a little girl who who laughs and it sort of has a it kind of has like a creepy vibe about yeah it. i mean we had a question the other week from a listener who's asking about games that like create a very specific yeah. sense of like fear and melancholy, melancholy. i think this one does yeah that. i yeah. agree and it, totally uh the thing I will say about this, like, it, this game may not be to everybody's taste, but it does feel very true to the series. And it feels like it accomplished what it was trying to in yep. terms of setting a mood and setting place and gameplay style. I, I, I agree totally. Like, um, it's very successful in what it's doing here. I think a problem that I have with this game, and again, this is more due to my taste, is when I play a game like this, I want to sort of be drawn into the world. Sure. And I feel like this game, based on the fact that it's sort of purposely an unpleasant place and somewhere you're trying to escape... I, I just find the playing of it to be kind of unpleasant. Like I'd rather yeah. play some, you know, at least something like Mist. It's kind of like a mystery of like what is around the corner. In this, you're just like, I just want to get out of this, this drab, you know, eerie, quiet castle. Right. I think Mist is kind of of a breed of like really hardcore versions of this adventure game where you need to be taking notes. Yeah, that's like you true. need to be drawing your own diagrams and keeping your own journals, which is very satisfying. Like if you're doing that, that means they've got your their hooks in that's you and true. you're like involved in this world. I remember playing Mist and like 
drawing out a full piano wow. and then like coloring in the places I was supposed to press the keys in the right order. So I would remember how to activate the submarine. Like it was really fun and really cool to do that and just kind of parse it out and figure it out. I don't feel as motivated to dig into the secrets of this world. And that's what I mean is I don't think that this game has quite enough. It doesn't have like the personality of those LucasArts games or those yeah. other characters. Um, you know, for that in-depth story that you shared with us, none of that is really explored in the game itself. Um, basically, you pick up a ton of books in this game. Yeah, they're lore just, bombs. You, you are walking around, and I think about, you know, we played about an hour we had we finished with at least eight books yeah. in our backpack. They do make a joke about you're ready to start your own library. And some of the uh, books were just blank. Yeah, you know, which you must be them. some kind of it's puzzle. It's some later, kind of puzzle but, later. Um, and you know, they're you know, each book is about like eight pages of backstory in it. And it's sort of hard. To, one thing I didn't like is it's hard to tell what is sort of a lore book mm-hmm. just for like the flavor of the game and what actually might give you a hint on how to proceed somewhere. There were some things was, like they were talking about, like the man looks in the dragon's eye and the dragon turns. And I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, somewhere in this castle, there's a statue of a dragon and you need to put a jewel in its eye and it's going to look at you and then open a door or something like that. That made me feel that the rest. It's like, oh, okay. We're learning about the ancient battles of the king of your in the land of tarragon i already forgot the name of it tarragon Ter- i forgot already yeah i guess tyragon tyragon tyra's Tyra. back yeah this game is like resident evil without the exciting parts i mean yeah <laughs> yeah that's fair yeah kind of a lower key like still creepy but like you're not in as much danger playing this um yeah yeah it's it's kind of hard to go too much into it because i mean i mean this is kind of all you're doing there are no extra features. There are no options. There are no really any anything to do except you have the ability to change it from English to Spanish, Ooh, which I don't goodness. know too many other games that do that. But hey, um, you know, that's my great. memory of this game is I, I remember renting this um, when I had an, you know, as one of the first games that I got out for my Nintendo sixty four that I rented. I don't know why this is what I chose off the shelf, mm. um, and I, I think I played it for I got probably about as far as we did here if not a little farther which i think was pretty impressive for me considering i would have been probably about 10 at the time yeah yeah um and then i died due to some random crap or something and then i restarted and i'm like wait what the hell like where where's my game right this this was the first game because the games i had before i think the only other game i had was super mario 64 Mm -hmm. and they're like you need a controller pack to save your game oh I, I i was like oh oh i see i have to press start and save and then, like, you need a controller pack. And I'm like, what the hell is a controller pack? I don't know what this is. Because it was before I had played Super Nintendo, which has only cartridge saves or no save at all. Right. And then, you know, Super Mario 64. And this was my first introduction to, like, oh, you need something else to have you say. I think I went back to the video rental store. And I'm like, it says I need a controller pack. And the lady there had no idea what I was talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I've told the story on the podcast before, but that was like that when I, I had my first PS2. Yeah. Like, I had enough money for a game or uh, a memory card. So I bought Silent Hill 2, and I didn't have a way to save it. So I played those first several hours over and over and over and over again until I was able to afford a memory card, and then I could finally save it. So I've seen the first half of Silent Hill 2 many times. I've seen the last half of it, like, once. I imagine that you could blaze... Yeah, and I think, like, I finally got a memory card, and I, like, got back to where I was. Mm. Or maybe I didn't even get a memory card. I was just, like, and I just played back to where I was, and then I'm like, oh, now it won't let me save again. Yeah. Um, And I imagine you can blaze through this game pretty quickly if you know where to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is one of those games that, like, no shame in using a walkthrough. No shame in using a... But the weird thing about it, I don't... I mean, I agree. Certainly no shame because I get frustrated very quickly. But there's no game here if you use a walkthrough. Right? That's a fair I point. Mean, That's a fair point. It's one thing if you're stuck in, you know, your Ninja Gaiden or your Resident Evil and you're like, I just want to get back to the good parts of right. shooting things. Sure. But in this, like, the whole game is the puzzle. I can see, like, but. I think the way you, ideally, I think the way you should play it is to try and figure it out on your own. But I'm just saying, don't be afraid to go yeah. to the FAQs because, like, every time, if you're playing a game like this, there will inevitably come a point where you will hit a wall and you can't proceed any further without figuring out some esoteric clue. So, yeah, go online. Well, look so that here, up. here's something that I have learned from you, Steve, over this, over these few years of being your friend. Okay. So, um, this kind of this kind of game is actually much more fun to play with another person. I was all I was I would have a fr- I had a friend came over and he would watch me play Ocarina of Time. Yeah. And I'm like, "Come on, man. Like, don't you want to play?" Like it was always so weird to me. He's like, "No, no, I'm happy to watch." And I'm like, 
don't you want to play the video? Like I always, it always annoyed me when people would just watch someone else play right. the game. Because like, then you feel weird. You feel like, am I not sharing enough? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. But like this kind of game, it's actually a much better experience for everyone oh, yeah. to have one person watch and one person play. You can certainly trade back and forth. Definitely. But like to have that extra set of eyes being or or memory to like oh yeah there was a door there you didn't look in or remember now you have an item and you can do this to sort right. of be able to think of things in a different way yeah because yeah. the actual playing of this game is sort of you know just a boring function of going from place to place it's a little road and yeah, so it's, it's the just, same yeah. whether you're playing or watching it right. um and I, it's just the, yeah that's a random thing like i would I think, like, co-op is the way to play this game. It's fun, like, to be... Yeah, if, if you want to be the person control and then have a navigator, like, mm-hmm. that's a fun way to do it. Like, me and my sister used to play Resident Evil games like that. And then you, me, and Lindsay play Resident mm-hmm. Evil 7 and 2, the yeah. remake a little bit, like, doing that way. Like, you know, mostly Lindsay would just hand us the controller when a scary thing but was happening. But she was able to, like, solve a lot of the puzzles that we missed or something like that. It's or just... that I didn't have the patience for, yeah, <laughs> generally. It... I'm like, yeah, I don't want to solve this water-pouring thing. Yeah, it's... It... It's a surprisingly good way to play these kind of games. But even so, I feel like this would be a weird one to go back to. Um, This one would. Yeah, I don't know that I would. um... I think the presentation here is what is what makes this game not hold up. And not that it does not that it does a terrible job uh, with what they had. It's just this age of graphics does not hold up well. Yeah. Um, And the fact that it's I don't know, it just feels bland and drab the whole time. Well, let's let's move on to our rankings. Yeah, I feel okay. like we're kind of there. Like, uh, so each week we add to our ongoing list of games that we have played so far. Shadowgate sixty four will bring us up to one hundred and thirty eight. Hooray! Pretty good. We're Almost moving right halfway along. There. I'll start us off yeah. with this one. Um, this one's really hard because it's like I I feel like they get in they get an E for effort. They get an E for effort. I feel like. They get a four for four towers. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's hard to put a it's hard to put a pin on my thoughts on this one, just because I feel like it. I feel like we've been much more meandery in this. It's podcast. the best version of this game that can exist for this system at this time. Okay, you know, like it's it's accurate to the series. It feels like if you played Shadowgate on the NES and loved it, but, you'd probably really sure. like this one. Uh, I, I this isn't one I would like recommend to anybody to play it. I no. feel like you need to be a very particular brand a very patient dork to want to get through this and there are probably better games out there like i would say play the the shadowgate remake uh on your phone right now if you want this kind of fix and a like a, a slicker way for it to be accomplished yeah uh again i think this files underneath like glover in the same sense of like i i everything it's trying to do it's doing very well i just don't really i can't really get into what it's trying to do to that end i am putting this uh at number 51 which is right below bass masters 2000 okay uh Fair so right enough. below the fishing games is shadowgate That's and it's right above boring section right it's there. right above ridge racer 64 okay. so yeah yeah it's kind of in the boring section um, I, I disagree a little bit in the sense that I'm not sure everything that this game is trying to do, it does that well. Okay. Um, there definitely feels like there's too much of the puzzles are just sort of wandering around looking for junk to pick up, um, which is to me not really a satisfying puzzle. Like, I don't want a puzzle where I just missed a random thing in the corner. Yeah. Um, as opposed to something that I wasn't able to figure out. Um, and I think that they could have also done more to sort of draw you in a little more um in terms of having more characters come up or more sort of variety of traps or mysteries things like that everything just feels very sort of empty in this game yeah which i know is part of the aesthetic but doesn't make me want to keep playing yeah um so to that end i'm putting it at number 93 oof which is right under mortal Kombat mythology sub-zero oof which We've all agreed it's a terrible game and is a much worse game than Shadowgate. It is. But at least has sort of the weird, terrible cutscenes and weird sort of Mortal Kombat aesthetic the personality. to keep, keep me going. And the personality is going to carry a lot of yeah. these kind of mediocre games one it, way or the other. Exactly. And I feel like this game, I just sort of get a sense of just sort of malaise and sort of frustration losing interest. If I stopped playing this, like, 
I might be able to like persevere to play this game through in one sitting with a guide. Right. But as soon as I stopped playing it, I would have no interest to go back to it. Yeah. Especially yeah. to figure out where I had left off. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, you get the little bits of satisfaction of like trying something and it works. Like trying something <laughs> weird and be. That's always that's a fun always feature. Like this. Like, oh, well, I, I had no idea that would work, but hey, cool. I get a little yeah. endorphin rush. And, from I, and that. I do totally agree that I think the interface of this game is really good. Yeah. Of like pick up item and then just be to use the item and it tell and it if you, you did it right it uses it for you absolutely absolutely There's no trying to pick whether or not you need to use or hit yeah uh, one last little note about uh where the the future of shadowgate so uh there was a sequel for this game plan for the shadowgate N64. sg1 <laughs> shadowgate where they go to atlanta i mean right? you're not even that far it's okay. shadowgate rising which i feel like is probably a stargate series right yeah probably sure i've never watched ton, it. ten of them uh, but, no, it was the sequel to Shadowgate God Lives Underwater. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but then he rose. You know, he exactly. was done being underwater, so he rose. Uh, Shadowgate Rising was planned as the direct follow-up to this, but production dragged on for too long. And rather than redevelop the project for the GameCube, which had come out by the time they were done with it, uh, they just decided to scrap it. Uh, but the remake has been a success. The Kickstarter was a success. It was big on Steam. It's big on iOS. So I, I don't think yeah. this is the end of it. No. Uh, I'd like to see maybe this story continue with kind of that uh you know we can go back to del cottonwood and his whole thing in the style of the original game where it's like more stationary this game is now ready for a remake like i don't know if there's any audience for like the shadowgate 64 remake i mean there has to be more than the audience for the south park remake (laughs) then somebody's trying to make that like (laughs) that's true i can't i can't imagine that like something this rich in lore and everything is you know that they made another bubsy game yeah, I like, played it. It's so, terrible. Of course it is. Yeah, it's god-awful. Like, so, sure, yeah, surely if there's a second Bubsy game now, there's, there's a Shadowgate 64 remake. Oh, there's got to be. There's got to be. Um, well, uh, we have a letter this Hooray. week that I need to dig up a little bit. Hey, guys, uh, did you play that new Bubsy game? Yeah, I developed it? it, and it's my favorite game. <laughs> Want to give it a plug on your show? Ooh, tugging at the collar. Today's um, episode of Ultra 64 brought to you by Bubsy. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, let me find oh, man, the letter. It's buried in your phone. It is definitely buried. I thought I had it here right off the top. So uh, if you could make some vampire noises for a little blah, while so that people blah. understand just, just cut this part out, what Steve. is happening. Blah, I live in Shadowgate Castle. <laughs> I got I, it. I got it. I want right. to use bone to open the grate. <laughs> I want to use bone. I want to suck your butt. <laughs> 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 That's how I am. Uh, okay. Uh, this is full disclosure. This is somebody uh, I know very well. Uh, hello to Steve and Woody. Uh, hello, this, the person Steve knows. <laughs> this is, uh, oh, I should say their name. This is Luke Ramsdorf Terry. Hi, Luke. This is my old college roommate, and oh, he's okay. uh, just about the sweetest guy you could ever meet. Uh, hello to Steve and Woody. The South Park episode was one I was looking forward to because I know that, like Steve, I have a lot of mixed feelings about the show. Where did I, you go to call? Where were you guys roommates? We were co- roommates at uh, Western Washington University, oh, okay. which I don't think it's called that anymore. Now it's like Western Washington College University something. Wait, They what? changed their name. It's something weird. No, it's Western, Western Washington, Colorado. Oh, so you transferred from one Western New Washington University to another? I have attended two Western Washington universities, one in Colorado, one in Washington. It's very confusing to have a Western Washington University in Colorado. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's just it's it's just called Western Okay. Western, Western University. Sorry, okay. Western University. I'm with you. You've attended two Western Universities. Two Western I'm sorry, I've totally yeah. derailed I your letter, Luke. No, it's okay. okay. I fucked that up. Okay, but uh, as Luke's saying, uh, I remember playing the game, but there was not much to it that made it memorable except for the novelty of the show. The episode brought up many fond memories of watching episodes of South Park Live as they originally aired during college with a group of friends. I'll always remember the All About Mormons episode and how much we laughed with the dum 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 song. <laughs> yeah, yeah which a is a, it's, that is a hilarious episode. Yeah. Uh, the unboxing of how the show has turned into a weird hybrid of satire commentary was oddly cathartic to me. I haven't watched episodes of South Park in years, but I often wondered if some of the current commentary would take on my view on on their more brilliantly were uh, on my view. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I've often wondered if some of their current commentary would take my view on their more brilliantly done episodes. Uh, this past weekend, I watched the episode where Cartman joins Nambla and laughed my ass yeah, off. That's I a think great one too. I think their best work is behind them, but there's still plenty of what they've done to admire. 
On a somewhat related note, I had also had a chance to meet the infamous Leanne, the inspiration for Cartman's mom and <laughs> Alfred, the, the namesake of Alfred Packer's horse in Cannibal the Musical. This was the woman who cheated on Trey and left him for another man when they were engaged. Oh, wow. She's on the board of directors for a theater company I did a show with earlier this year and was very friendly. She's there on her third husband, so there appears to be something of a pattern. <laughs> uh, keep up the good work. The, uh, I, the episodes are highlights of my week, and I feel like I'm having a nice nostalgia session with old friends. Best Luke. Well, Luke. And, and new friends. Hi, Luke. Yeah, Luke's great. Luke's yeah, great. I, nice I, was, I was of this group that would uh, get together every week and watch South Park episodes live. I, I very distinctly remember that, uh, the, the Mormon episode and the Casa Just Bonita one. to be clear, one. you did not watch the episodes live. They were not They are not being drawn, yeah. Yes. <laughs> See, kids, uh, back in the day, we didn't just stream our television shows. Sometimes we had to show up and turn our TV on at a time it was on because we were goddamn cavemen. Uh, But, yeah, we used to do that. We used to get together. It was uh, Corwin and Mel and Nick and Mike and Luke and me. And, like, it was a lot of fun. The gang was all here. The gang was all here. Some of the guys would get really stoned, and then we would make – we would pretend that there were cops outside to freak them out. (laughs) It was always fun. Uh, But we had really good times with that. And, yeah, I think – that's that's kind of one of those episodes. I do remember. I remember the Nambla episode and being really upset about it because I didn't know what Nambla was. Okay, I'm like, why would they make up this stupid thing just to base a whole episode around it? And then I discovered the Nambla's a real thing. Yeah. I'm like, fucking hell. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm glad that was he- cathartic for you as well, and it was cathartic for me to get a lot of those thoughts and feelings out of there uh, about South Park. And we'll have more opportunities to talk about South you have Park South- on the show. You have important thoughts and feelings about Shadowgate. Yes. Right, write us in. Absolutely. I remember watching Shadowgate live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, maybe you read the wor- Worlds of Power book about it. Oh, man. Uh, once, the- once that comes in, maybe we'll consider a side podcast Some where we just read theater. all of these books. Yeah. Because I really want to do that. Um, but that wraps it up Don't for you mean, this week. But, but that wraps it up. Suck a butt. That wraps it up this yeah. week. This is a very bad runner. That yeah, I feel yeah. Like we should drop from the show. I feel like that's going to be our t shirts <laughs> when we finally make t shirts. Just going to be suck a butt. Ultra, Ultra 64. 64. <laughs> um, so you can follow us on ultra64podcast.com. You can find us there on Twitter and on uh, email and everything like that. That's that's all of our stuff. Uh, go yeah. on to Apple uh, Podcasts and give us a rating and a review. That's always very helpful. A five star rating and a positive review really helps uh, more people find the show. And more people are going to want to find the show because next week we've got absolutely one of the biggest games on the system, one of the biggest games of all time. Uh, and that's uh, this is not me exaggerating. I'm not going to say like fucking nightmare creatures or something. We <laughs> Man, are. That's what I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Next week we are sitting down and we are finally playing Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. This is not a drill. We are playing Ocarina of Time. Mark your calendars. Oh my god! Play serious song. Yes. Get brush your eponas. It's Man. all happening, people. It's all happening. Get yourself ready for it. And uh, you Visit know, your local Happy Mask salesman. Absolutely. And you're going to want to tune in to that episode, too, because I've got this lovely vinyl copy of the Ooh. Ocarina of Time soundtrack, much like we did with the Conqueror's Bad Fur Day episode. That is we're a gonna figure nice out, vinyl. It's a very nice vinyl, and it's a beautiful soundtrack. And uh, we're going to figure out some kind of goofy contest and uh, uh, give it away to somebody uh, next week's episode. So don't be afraid to tune into that. Don't be afraid. Yeah, yeah why don't would you be, be afraid? afraid? If, clearly, if the Shadowgate episode didn't scare you away, Ooh, I don't, you're like, oh, I'm not clicking on the Zelda one. I Ooh. mean, there's an argument to be made that Zelda, the Ocarina of Time is like the scariest game on the system. That That's or Majora's true. Mask. There's an argument to be made for that. Yeah, if, if anything, it's the second scariest. It's probably the second scariest. But, you know, there are those things in the ground. It's a oh, spooky game. Yeah, so, But is. don't be afraid. We'll protect you from the spook ups uh, and it'll be great. But in the meantime, I'm going to use this torch on this loose brick in my wall, and that's going to open the secret button, which is going to allow me to leave this office and uh, turn off the podcast for now. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next week with Ocarina of Time. Boo! Use mouth on butt. <laughs>